All right, we are live with the fifth episode of the Sensei and Sanjay So Sanjay Sanji Show podcast, right? <laughs> um, on you can get it on Anchor FM, Anchor FM, Spotify, um, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. So wherever you want to listen to us, you can join us and join the conversation. If you want to leave us a message on one of our particular podcasts, just go to anchor.fm and leave us a voice message and we will feature it on one of our shows. All right. So today we're going to dive into a couple of topics, but the first one we're going to dive into is the topic of um, the stigma of pride pride month in the black community why is it such an issue and breaking down some of the issues that we have and are they relevant or are you know are they just people being you know hateful and bullshit right so um, with that being said i'm going to go ahead and let sensei start off um basically tell me what your thoughts is on this topic and uh, why you think there's a stigma with pride in the black community uh, well, so I first wanted to start by giving a little brief history uh, on Pride, because a lot of people be like, well, you know, why is there another street Pride Month? Well, there's a reason why there's a gay Pride Month. Because of the riots in Stonewall. There was a bar uh, with the Stonewall Inn. It was in New York City. Uh, I believe it was in Manhattan. And uh, drag queens and homeless LGBT youth and other people in the neighborhood were able to come there and dance and even sleep and get get food and just lock themselves like that. It was a place for them to just be. And one evening, um, cops basically raided the place. And as the cops raided the place, there was a bunch of riot. People got hurt. And I'm just giving it as a brief history so we don't have to make this too long because the conversation is not really about that. So, um, but yeah, so the cops raided the place. There was a riot, and as a result of the riot, uh, afterwards, people got together. The LGBT people in the community got together. They, June, the time that that happened, as the time to commemorate that. That's what five months ago before. The time to commemorate the Stonewall era. Oh, see, I actually didn't. I actually didn't know where it started. I just thought it was just you know started up as an initiative for um, acceptance, basically, like awareness of the issues. Because no one had to fucking riot for one. Goddamn, like that's why. Yeah. And then there's this whole thing about you know because Juneteenth is is the day that the. Um, I don't was it the Emancipation Proclamation or was it was it the Emancipation Proclamation that was signed in June or the Thirteenth Amendment that was that was created in June? And people think it's like a conspiracy that Pride was just put in Juneteenth just cause no, it was to commemorate something. Something totally having nothing to do with like that. Like. Right, and two things can be true at once. You know what I'm saying? It's not <laughs> it's it's not like 
it's not like if if this happens on this month, it just completely takes away from everything that happens in the other months. Like you know, you got September 11, but you also got Labor Day, so it's nobody's you know. And it's the September, you know, commemorating September 11 doesn't take away from Labor Day. They both still happen. You know what I mean? But to talk about the, the stigma upon it, like, I feel like the problem that we have is a lot of misunderstanding in the black community about LGBT community in general. We don't, I don't feel like there's a full general understanding amongst us of, like, even the differences between sexuality and gender. But it, because of that lack of understanding, we tend to, like, place a lot of blame on the LGBT community and even like attack it to whiteness as I was saying earlier. Like I feel like it, in a way, like in, I, I'm like flesh out what I mean by that, but like we 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 talk about the white we talk about LGBTQ issues as if they were all just fabricated by the white community. And then we're like, hey, well you don't care about black issues like this, but why do y'all care about gay issues? Well as if there's you know the lack of inclusivity in the LGBT community. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Oh, what's going on? Yeah, the more guests, the merrier. We like to hear everybody's perspectives on that. So if 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 somebody does chime in, just let me know what your name is, or you know, um, introduce them so that we can know who's talking. Yeah. So this is Kobe. So Kobe's here for the conversation. Yeah. No. So, I, so as I was saying, like I feel like we in the black community because we don't. We don't like we don't even a lot of us don't even understand the reason for pride, so we're not gonna understand why it's happening simultaneously at Juneteenth. And that was something I didn't understand like at the time that I came out, you know what I mean? I we're not we're not an agenda, you know what I mean? We don't straw communicate, they don't just indoctrinate us and tell us everything. <laughs> right. So there's no there's no meetings in the Legion of Doom, right? There's no So like no one told me what Pride was for. I had to figure that shit out myself. Turns out there's a lot of free information on the thing called Google. Oh man, the internet is a monster, ain't it? You can look up whatever. <laughs> I am gonna stop being a smart ass. But yeah, so I feel like because we don't we don't have the the correct understanding about LGBT issues, we place an incorrect blame on the LGBT community, and we completely overlook the intersectionality that there is in the black and LGBT community. Like we have, like there's not black trans people, like, and then there's some like black people who like completely will disregard how trans people like behave or who they are. Like they'll just be like, oh well, I don't care what they want to call themselves. I'm gonna call them this like that's, that's not okay basically it's basically like you remember on coming to america when the dude was like look his mama named him clay i'm gonna call him clay <laughs> you know what I'm saying? i ain't calling him muhammad ali <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the same type of deal and it's like why why don't you think that people respect people's gender identity and people's sexuality like what's what's so hard for the black community to accept about that yeah, like, and as if people aren't adults who are able to make their own decisions about who they are and how they just choose to move, like, there's even people who, well, I mean, you know, there's as ignorant as people who question, like, why people become gay, but that, that's not a conversation I'm going to get into. It's not a why. People just are, you know what I mean? Like, And, and it really doesn't matter how we got there. It's just... That's what they said. So if you respect them, if you respect them, then 
Just respect everything that comes with it. You don't even have to question that. All right, that's what you are. Let's talk about fucking Pokemon or something. Like, I don't give a fuck. This is me personally, like, whatever. But a lot of people don't separate it from that. They take it, like, almost offensive to them or offensive to their heterosexuality. And like I said, I got I got slapped in the face with it when I went in, when I at least slapped in the face with my own, like, homophobic thoughts and how I was raised when I went out to D.C., and I was seeing more of it than I've ever seen in the Midwest because and I think the problem is in the Midwest because they don't they're not really exposed, excuse me, exposed to it as much. And so when you see it, it seems something that's abnormal and contrary to the norm, contrary to the status quo. So you resist it because of confusion. You know what I mean? And when really what you should be doing is just trying to understand that person that that person could turn out to be one of your best friends that person could turn out to be somebody who helped change your whole perspective in life or help you get to a different point but because you're disqualifying them as a friend because of what they identify as you might be missing out on interacting with a cool person and it doesn't change being around somebody in the lgbtq community doesn't change your fucking identity it does it does nothing to you there's no Osmosis that occurs or any of that. It doesn't just rub off. You don't just become a gay by default. Yeah, and like I said, so one of the things I wanted to to bring up because we kind of talked about sexuality versus identity a little bit. We'll touch on it, Um, but I had this friend who's from Serbia, and. He was a uh, he's a Serbian architect or whatever. And when I stayed out in D.C., we all we I had to work at a hostel and we shared the living space. You know what I mean? Like we worked for where we stayed. You know what I'm saying? But it was like a dorm style thing. But hell, the rent was free. So I was like, fuck it. So there was a couple of gay dudes in there. And one of the gay dudes was like, I told you, this big ass black dude named Robert. Now you look at Robert and he's fucking six foot five, 230 pounds. And I'm sitting there sizing him up like, you know, if this dude swing on me, he'll probably knock me the hell out. So let me see how I can find him. Then he started talking and he was the most, you know, flamboyant and <laughs> a guy you'd ever meet. But it was like, he was just cool. He never like drug it out or, or, or hit on me or anything like that. What was going on, Tyler? He never drug it out or, or hit on me or anything like that. And one thing I had to check myself on was... You know, being able to hang out with him without worried about people thinking if I was gay or not. Like, that was a big issue. Like, people like, oh, if you hang birds of a feather type deal, if you hang out with gay people, you must be gay. And that's that's just not the truth. And like I said, I'm worried about with these people who I don't even fucking know, who obviously don't care about me, you know, and and not accepting somebody as a friend because of how they identify and i just feel like something about that's just you know right from wrong and that just seems like it's wrong you know what i mean so once that once i came to grips with that and people would challenge me on it like oh you know why is you why is you hanging out with them or you know why'd you let him give you a ride to the store i'm like it's a fucking ride to the store dog like i'm Like, that doesn't mean anything, dog. And I don't, I really don't even have to prove my heterosexuality to you. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of heterosexual males will get shamed because they're cool with gay people. But Nino, the guy from Serbia, I was telling you about, 
is uh, he was he's in America on a, uh, what they call it a, a sovereignty, like they're sovereign or asylum or something like that, to where he was getting persecuted for being gay in his country. Like they was like it wasn't like oh we just don't like you and we gonna say some mean things. Like they were chasing this dude down the street with bats and chains, like sending threats to his to his family and stuff like that. And like so he was literally getting persecuted to the point to where he had to flee the whole country. Like he had to leave the country. And there's literally countries out there where it's illegal to identify as something other than what you were naturally born as. And I just feel like that's that's when it becomes a human rights violation. Like, okay, you know, not we understand not everybody's gonna like me. You may not like that I'm Black, but you're not about to disrespect. You know what I'm saying? So it's um it's a it's a long topic, but when I was talking to him, um he was basically like he wasn't like Robert, who was just flamboyant. He was just gay. He was like you really wouldn't know it unless he told you. You know what I'm saying? And that's. I guess that's the problem that people even have with trans people is because they like, oh, you're just putting it in my face and I have to accept the, the, the pronoun you go by and you're forcing it on me and why do I have to accept it? And I'm like, well, why the fuck do they have to accept your views? If, if that's how it goes, it's a two-way street, so eat a dick. You know what I'm saying? No pun intended. But fucking... I, I just could never understand that line of thinking. Like, no disrespect to anyone, but like, that, when I... When I first met a trans person, I was just like, they were like, oh, I, they, they were male to, uh, they were, they were female to male, and they were just like, I'm he, I'm like, okay, you're he, like, it's not, it's, it's not something I have to say and think about, because at the end of the day, you're sitting and you're worried about what someone has in their pants, that's really what it boils down to, and like, if no one wants to have the conversation like that, that is the conversation. That's exactly what it is. You're worried about what someone has in their pants or you're worried about who someone's fucking and it's like, it's not your pants. And think about it, like women have a big role to play in this, right? So look, when the first thing, the first thing that if a woman gets hurt by a heterosexual man, they attack his manhood, right? Or you want to hang out with your homies more than you want to hang out with me, that means you're gay. Like no, I, I fucking I fucking known them longer than you. I don't. That's a masculinity conversation. Ah, that's the toxic masculinity. Like that's toxic masculinity seeping into seeping into females. Exactly, and they and they propagate it. So in the same token, if um if I'm seen just sitting there talking to um um a male who who you know identifies as a female and they you know they. The, the transition, that's where the trans comes from. They're transitioning. I could be having the most harmless conversation about anything. I can have I can have the most harmless conversation about anything and fucking they would be like, oh, he's gay. He likes trans dudes. <laughs> or whatever they call it. He likes trans females or whatever. And I'm like, dude, we was talking about the fucking weather or how long, you know, man, how long this line was at the post office. Like, it doesn't, why, why do I have to, like, not talk to somebody because other people will judge me for it? And that was, that was my biggest thing. Like, that's just extra fucking silly to me. Colton said that's the heteronormativity in our culture, which is facts. One more time, what was that word? Heteronormativity? 
Oh, okay. She busting out the facts. We gonna need her as on on the panel. You know what I'm saying? Those are the facts, and that that really is because it goes against your norms. It goes against uh, what you were taught. And if I do this, then um, it makes me something other than like no, dude. I I still am a heterosexual male. I still do what I do. But like I said, you know, you're forcing a position to have to exhibit that to so people won't call you gay or people won't think you sleep with trans women or something like that when that's just not the case you're just honestly sometimes being polite like you would to anybody else and just holding a conversation and you know take it a step further god forbid if you were friends with that person it would be a problem No, for real. For real. No, I like that. Yeah, we like her, man. We're going to bring her back on the show. So, <laughs> so it, it really is. It really is an issue. Um, but more than anything, it's like you said, um, it's not about you. If somebody tells you that's what I identify as, if you're as accepting as you say you are, if you're as cool as you say you are, if you're as non-judgmental as you say you are, then just fucking accept it and move on with your life and move on with the conversation. You know, I'm about to I'm not about to sit up here and, you know, split hairs by somebody who wants about somebody who wants to talk to me uh, just because people who don't even fuck with me like that are like, oh, he's gay. Hey, that's the dumbest shit ever. You know what I'm saying? Like she said, it's that's toxic masculinity. Um, and like you said, it was heteronormativity all wrapped into one. And it's really toxic and it doesn't move anything forward. You know what I mean? So so it's a it's a big it's a big conversation. I don't think we could, you know, nip it in the bud in just one conversation. One day, they're like, the way studs get treated fucking sucks. But like, that's like a whole nother fucking open conversation. Like, hey, yo, like, hold on like, real quick. Y'all continue on. Y'all continue on the conversation. Somebody calling me about my son, but y'all continue on with the conversation. I'm gonna be right, right back. Yeah, you know, I got to, you know, baby mama drama, you know what I'm saying? So I got to deal with that. <laughs> I'll be right back. But the podcast is still recording, so y'all good on that front. Go ahead and um, do your thing. Yeah, man. So I'm about to bring my cousin in here. Mr. Mr. Extra Straight Male Perspective. Luke. You got so an extra, call him an extra straight male. <laughs> 
I call my cousin the most interesting man in the world because he really fucking is. Guess who's back? <laughs> All right, so did we get that? Um, did we kind of get that one hashed out? <laughs> All right, so I guess to wrap to wrap that one up. Um, really in some words that I think we could um, understand is, you know, there's a lot of confusion around it. And I think that even we, if we as heterosexual people just, just at least talk to somebody in that community and just ask them about it, just ask questions and not coming from a place of I'm trying to fix you or I'm trying to be right or wrong and all that bullshit, but just literally Talk to some people and figure out what they're going through and, 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 and how they got there and what they feel like the issues are and, and ask them how they want to be treated. Then that would change a lot of the, the, the false narratives that are around it. You know what I'm saying? And I like those terms that that hetero uh, normativity. That was a good term. Yeah, I like I like that one. I like that one a lot. And it is it is rooted in toxic masculinity as well. Like I said, if if I have a, a friend that's gay, they automatically, you know, a gay a gay dude who's my friend, the homies is like, hey, no, I don't know about that. You know, that nigga L's is gay. And it's like, why? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I can't talk to a person because of their sexuality or their gender identity and that's that to me it'll always be silly and I'm not about to feed into that bullshit if that's how you want to be and that's how you want to think hey so be it more power to you like I know what I stand on and I know you know who I am and when you don't know who you are you try to project that on everybody else that confusion on everybody else you feel me so yeah that's and that's that's what we gonna do with that so Let's transition. The next topic is we're going to talk about is these begging ass hoes. No, it's playing. <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's go, let's go ahead and switch it. I'm going to stop that segment for mixing purposes and I'm going to bring us back in on the introduction on the podcast. Peace. What's up to all my melanated and non-melanated peoples? You're back live with the Sensei and Sanji show on Anchor.fm. Where you can listen to us. We're streamed on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and even Spotify. So look us up, type in Sensei and Sanji, and we will pop up. Alright, so the next thing we're going to talk about, and you know, I joked about it saying, um, you know, these begging ass hoes, but no, really, really what it is, is like, I was, I see a lot of posts on Facebook and other social media platforms about, oh, uh, if, um, if, if a dude don't pay my bills, and that's not the word they use as dude, but we're going to say that. If a dude don't pay my bills, if a dude ain't buying me stuff, if a dude um, ain't basically cashing me out, then he's less of a man. And, you know, I'm like, you know, first of all, I wasn't raised like that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to hold you. One of my mentors was on some big time pimp shit from the Bay. So he wasn't, you know what I'm saying? He all about charging it. And that's and to me, that that's that's a different perspective, too. And that's that's not that's just the same as, you know, women trying to use men for money. Men shouldn't use women for money either. You know what I'm saying? So but let's talk about the let's talk about the reverse for right now. You know what I mean? And the fact that. A woman will will literally a, a woman a woman will literally <laughs> disqualify you as a man if you don't cash her out. I would say within the first couple weeks of you talking to her, like if you're not taking her on expensive dates, if you're not giving her the old cliche forty dollars and an eight, if you're not you know showing up with a bottle or paying for a hotel room or you got to pay her light bill or her phone bill. She just really ain't going to fuck with you. But I think that's so rooted in emotional manipulation um, as well as toxic behavior and toxic masculinity just propagates that to say that you're not a man if you ain't paying for everything a woman does. But here's the issue with that. And I'll start this one off. Here's the issue with me is that women always holler up and down all day that they don't want to revert back to the 1950s way of thinking a woman should be in the kitchen and raising the kids and all that stuff, right? But they'll turn around and say But now you want the man to act like he's in the 1950s and still pay for everything. So that that conditional equality 
is kills me, dog. Like it's always equal till it's time to pay for some shit, and that shit is crazy to me. I really feel like that's something women just go along with. I don't think that's something that like women like consciously are just like, yeah, we want to just this is like I think that's women women grow up and are taught certain things. You know what I mean? And like just like everybody else, and like that women hear things like well, if a man's not trying to do this for you, then what are you opening your legs for? And it's just like, I didn't know you should be putting a price on intimacy. And you know, I ain't gonna lie, I used to think, I used to think like that. Putting a price on it, that's another conversation or something else. But that's no call us call a spade a spade. Just go ahead and say it. That is prostitution. Call a spade a spade. You know what I'm saying? If I have to pay to sleep with you, that's prostitution, dog. It is what it is. You can you can prolong it and be like, well, we didn't do it till it wasn't a pure it wasn't a pure transaction. But goddamn it, I'm what it seems like it's it's lopsided. So all if I'm paying for everything and all I'm getting in return is some sex. Then what does that do for me? Why is that beneficial to me? And why should I even tolerate it and accept it? Like that's such a turn off to me. But like a lot of women, you know, honestly, will be like it's a turn off for them if a man don't want to pay for them. But like you initially were under the guise of intimacy. That's like you know what I mean. Oh yeah. Like your kind of sex work, like that's not fair. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 let's, let's talk about again. Talk about the next occasion we have on bed being the breadwinner. No, talk about it. Let her talk about it. Let's bring her in. What do you? What explain what? You, explain what you mean? Explain what you mean? Basically, like I was saying that how like sometimes like, young women are like inherently taught to be like, well, if you're not, it's sometimes like, well, if you're not, if a man's not doing this for me, then what do you sleep with? You know what I mean? It's just, it's like putting a price on yourself. It yeah. is, like, in a way. But then really, like, you should be opening yourself up for intimacy, like, for that person, for whatever other reason. Like, not for that. I just, no, I just agree with that. I just think that. I just think some women use their sexuality to their advantage, though, because, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, men have a lot of privilege, and it's one of the things, like, that you can use a little bit. I'm not saying it's right at all, but, like, it's something we use to climb social ranks a little bit, but it's just, like, look at some of the jobs we're in. Like, I can have the same exact job. I can have more experience with you. I can have more degrees than you, know, and, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so like the reason it starts happening, like it starts even out. I'm not saying it's right. Like you should never rely on somebody to pay all your bills for you. Know? But I think that's part of it. I think like kind of toxic masculinity, everything in society to play the part. Like your man has to provide. He's got to protect you. Like yeah. do all these things for you. Um, um, No, that's that's real. Um, and to an extent, especially like equality in the workplace, equality in the workplace is is huge for me. Like a woman should definitely be getting paid the same thing that a man gets paid for the exact same job. And if she does a better job, she should get paid more. Like that's that'll never be, you know, what I mean, I'll, I'll never speak against that. You know, 
<laughs> so really the the big issue is like you said that um women will use their sexuality to 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 cash out they'll like they'll be like uh for example um pulled up on this you know this chick the other day and like i've I've been letting it known that i'm i'm really not pursuing relationships and nothing like that i really don't even want to be around you because y'all just expect too much a lot of times i don't got time for that shit i'm doing other shit so when you tell them that they're like oh i'm not gonna get no money out of him so the interaction wanes you know what i mean whereas i believe that and it's heavy in omaha because there's a lot of older dudes who just want to skip the get to know you process and they understand that these women have put a price on it so if i pay a phone bill she's gonna sleep with me um, if I pay her light bill, she gonna sleep with me. Um, if I if I go out and buy her food from fancy restaurants and impress her with my money, sometimes I don't even have to give her money. I just have to impress her with my money, and she'll sleep with me. And that's the trick culture, you know. What I mean, what we would call tricks, and they, you know, they made a whole song like it's not tricking if you got it. I'm like, no, it's it's definitely tricking. And you 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 know you messing it up for for men who are good men that just don't value just giving woman money for just being a woman like hell no um hell no you mean to tell me I went to work and worked for my money regardless of how much I make and the only cry only thing you're bringing to the table is that you look good and we can have sex and like man if you don't go somewhere with that bullshit like I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not with it but there's a lot of like I said dudes and, and you know particularly older men who will do it that's that's why you see these these young women like you know I'm about to go out here and get with these older guys because they know that it's not gonna be nothing serious but he's gonna pay for their shit and, it, and you know it's 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 sad and it's it's not it's not something that should be normalized. I get that it happens, but like everybody wants that whole pretty woman outcome. They want to be Julia Roberts, and that's just not how it's gonna happen. That was a fucking movie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like everybody ain't no rich millionaire ready to save a, a former prostitute. That's not how it goes. I completely get what you're saying, and I understand that that should not be expected in normal normal relationship. A normal relationship should be a, should be a partnership. You're both supposed to bring to the table and work together and help prosper. But I want to kind of be careful because, like, sex work is work. So those, no, those, no. those women have earned, like, whether it's like a no, sugar there, daddy there, relationship. A yeah, yeah, life. and I mean, they are earning their keep. They're like. There's that is a working thing. It just should be part of a normalized relationship. Like if you're committed in a normal, like romantic, emotional relationship, you should both be bringing to the table. But because yeah. then again, it also that's what we get on the borderline of financial abuse. Like someone just taking taking all of your money and like it it doesn't it's not really fair. We don't really look at it like it be something that women can do. And you know, to the whole to the whole sugar daddy thing, I feel like I feel like that's what it's rooted in. You know what I mean? Like, and I get what you, I get what you're saying. Like, sex work is definitely a thing. That's why the porn industry is big. Yeah, there's a time and place for everything. And you know, if it's some old ass man. Who just wants to take this young girl out and have fun with her and just show her the world? Hey, look, I ain't gonna knock your Aladdin rags to riches story. Do your thing, princess. But if 
we're just two grown motherfuckers, both of us got bills, both of us got kids, both of us got things, you shouldn't expect a dime from me that I don't want to give you. You know what I'm saying? You don't. You... Like people be expecting that, like especially around here in like the beginning stages of a relationship. Like y'all ain't even been talking six months. You want me to put money on your on your light bill? Like your your ass? Like bitch, bitch is asking, bitch will ask you to pay for their entire life. Like. And don't see nothing wrong with it. And if you don't, if you tell them no, you're automatically a broke nigga. And it's like, I guess I'll be that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not giving you shit. I'm not giving you a damn dime. I'm never going to let motherfuckers still trying to climb out of middle class call me a broke nigga. We all broke niggas. Thank you. Like, the fact that you can't pay your bills and you're asking me for money lets me know who the real broke nigga is. So it's not even... (laughs) It's not... It's not about... I don't think it's about the dude being broke or any of that. It's like I said, some, some men, like myself, were just raised... You don't give no woman no just money out of your pocket without not, without just for sex. You know what I'm saying? Now it's one thing, like if you if that's the agreement, like hey, I'm paying you and we're gonna have sex, hey, so be it. But just I'm thinking I'm getting to know you and you you know what I'm saying, you flirting with me, trying to finesse me, and all of a sudden you it's a crisis that come up in your life that require a couple hundred dollars out of nowhere. And if I don't cash you out, you just on to the next one. And you don't know how many times that happens to do. So what happens is a man sees that and they like, well, damn, all they want from me is some money. So, you know, I make a good amount. You know what? Fuck it. The next chick to come up within the first week, I'm just about to throw her 200 bucks. Guarantee he going to sleep with her. Guarantee he going to sleep with her. It just is what it is. It just and it's it's very sad. Now I do believe if you're in a committed relationship, and it don't it don't really necessarily have to be a time limit on it. But if it's genuine and y'all look out for each other, and okay, you know what I'm saying? Okay, I. If you're in a relationship, I feel like then there should be some give and take on like financial situations. Like that's necessary, given the love of the world we live in. But like, if you're not in a relationship yet, like. You're just, you've been talking to somebody like literally less than six months, less than a year, like anything like that. Like, if y'all just talking, y'all have not, but y'all are not in a committed relationship that has not been understanding. Like, someone doesn't have to pay for your life, for your expenses. Like, that's tricking, but guess what? Guess what? There are tricks out here that will cash them out. And so now they're expecting it from a lot of. Um, younger men, and that's why I say, like, that's why the movement I've been making. I don't care what nobody says. What? I say it's still tricking, even if you got it. I don't care what nobody. Yeah, says. it's tricking. Yeah, it's tricking. You know what I'm saying? It's it is what it is. But here's the deal: like a lot of a lot of young men are being, you know, emasculated because of, because of it, and that's why I say that. Me for me personally, I have taken a step back from the dating pool to work on myself and find a woman who is just as ambitious as me to where when we do combine incomes, we can actually I wouldn't mind going and working and I'm in a committed relationship or, you know, a marriage or something. I'm you know, I make some money and give it to her because she's better with her finances. Sure. I don't whatever. But we're in a committed relationship. That's not the same as me just giving her money and then she's sleeping with the next dude who's also giving her money. 
And like your friend said, that's sex work. So call it what it is. They don't want to be called what, what it is. Like, you got to call a spade a spade. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to call it out for what it is. And, and a lot of times they're like, what? It's, the reason that they call you broke or the reason that they try to emasculate you is because they don't want to be seen as a sex worker. They don't want to be seen as... Have the conversation that sex work is not undignified. Not it's not, but 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 don't pretend. Let me know up front that that's what you want. Like, look, I only talk to dudes who about to cash at me, and I will end that shit in a hurry. Like, hey, mama, you pretty, you know what I'm saying? But that ain't me. No, yeah, and 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 I'm not knocking it. You know, it's obviously it's honestly an advantage. I wish I could be pretty and have somebody pay my bills, but I can't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it don't it don't work like that. But for those who do, I'm not. You probably like find some old woman to pay your bills. Yeah, I get. Yeah, it's some sugar mamas out here just the same. You know what I'm saying? And they they tricking too. <laughs> Believe it. But if you come into the situation trying to pretend like you want an actual relationship, but all you're really trying to do is finesse this person out of their money, that's when it's a problem. And then when you don't get that money, you try to emasculate the dude and be like, oh, you're not a real man because you don't pay all my bills. I don't fucking know you. Why would I pay your bills? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And also, I fucking got bills myself. What the, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? But there are older men out there who had a hard time, you know, getting on with chicks so they can just throw their money around and, and get with women. And, you know, like I said, no knock to, you know, strippers or um, sex workers of any kind, but but announce it. Don't try to play like you something that you're not because I'm definitely not going to play like I'm going to be tricking on you. So you shouldn't play like <laughs> you're not out here looking for tricks. I'm not about to, you know, we going to go to one steak dinner so I can impress you and hit. I'm not even going to start that. That's too much money for me right off bat. I ain't, hell no. I ain't, I don't know you like that. That's just my thing. If I don't know you, there's no amounts of you be being pretty that's going to make me spend a bunch of money on you. It's just not going to happen. I don't care if you was Rihanna. And if you was Rihanna, I, I wouldn't even, you got to pay for my shit because you Rihanna. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's your fine, rich ass. She's fine. She's got it. She's like the highest paid one. She's like the highest paid, like uh, like Beyonce or you know what I mean. Even on the white side, uh, Taylor Swift type. Like you paying? I'm not paying. I'm gonna pay for this expensive ass meal and go broke. This is like two dollars for you. So <laughs> you know, if that's the brackets that you want, like if you're dating completely outside of your bracket, then that's one thing. And you know, men do to a certain extent have to. You said you said what? Well, hold on, hold on. You said what? I said Beyonce said she remember that song she was like if you, if you fuck me good I take his ass to Red Lobster I said fuck hey. me like take the niggas to Red Lobster but like it's rich niggas though like she not gonna date niggas out her bracket <laughs> yeah. hey but them cheddar baked biscuits though you know that's that's the truth right there that's the it's, it's something to be said about Red Lobster but but even to that even to that extent it's like if you just want to say that, say that. Don't don't be like, oh, I want to get to know you, and all you want to do is just eat. Be like, hey, look, I'm not really digging trying to get into a committed relationship, but we can go on dates and hang out and be cool. Say that. 
and let the dude decide and don't try to emotionally manipulate the dude. Huh? Said people be out here going on dates just for meals and shit. Yeah. Not being upfront about that. That's that's some homeless shit. And you know that's that's some begging shit. Once or twice, once or twice, fine, whatever. You know, shit happens. But like, serially. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They use it as they use it as a a, a, a job, basically. But hold on, continue this conversation. Bring your cousin or something. I'm about to go grab my son real quick. He's pulled up. But go ahead and continue the conversation. Oh shit! Hold up.
Talk to the peoples. Talk to the good peoples of TV land. It's the JoJo on the Sensei Sanji show. Like he's out of here. He's done. He don't want to. He don't want to participate. <laughs> That's the end of the JoJo show. Yeah, that was a quick, quick cameo. He's done. Two seconds. Two seconds. So, hey, I, I really wanted to see if we could, like, before we wrap up, get a like anime conversation popping because we haven't done. You said do the anime topic. You know what? That's crazy. I was thinking about the same thing. Give me two seconds. Give me two seconds. We're about to take a uh, brief intermission. I'm just getting this shit, you know, together. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this anime. We got about 10, 15 minutes left on the podcast we can use for that. I feel like we had some good conversations on the other two topics. So let's, uh, let's rock out with that. I'm going to stop this recording. And we'll be back on the Sensei and Sanji show Sundays. 4 p.m., sometimes 5 to 6. <laughs> All right, please. Talking about uh Welcome back to the Sensei and Sanji show. Sundays at 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. When we talk about blackness, messiness, Anime and everything between all at the same damn time. What we're about to talk to and finish out this segment with is something a little bit more lighthearted than our normal subjects. And um, we're going to talk about the power structures in anime and why we like it. So just a precursor, if you're not into anime, go leave the fuck out of here. Because uh, not, you're not even going to understand what we're talking about. And we love you and we want y'all to engage in other conversations. But if you're not in the anime, it's going to be very confusing for you. Uh, but we also encourage that you go and watch it. So if you've been thinking about watching anime, then listen and um, pick up some of the things from the shows that we watch. That being said, I will let Sensei go ahead and start off the conversation and explain what... Um, uh, power, what do you call it? A power structure? What a power structure is inside of anime. Go ahead with it. Come on with it. Yeah. So, power structure in anime is the system in which people use to like gauge the power that they uh, have when they fight against each other. All right. You know, like, key. You know, shit like that. Oh, so, so yeah, sometimes it's chi like Street Fighter. They have different like um, fighting styles, or they actually use chi and things like that for. Uh, or you have the shonen, which is like um, like Bleach, where they use powers and different stuff that comes from a different source. It just happens they're shinigami or you can have like trigun where they use weapons and guns and machinery or things like gundam where they use um actual zords and shit like that 
to uh to fight so that's that's what a power structure is now me personally i'm into samurai shows um shonen and then um fighting fight like actual just fighting style so like street fighter i would say the main ones for me are are naruto where they use uh ninjutsu but basically chi natural shit um bleach was one of my biggest ones uh where they use um like you said spiritual energy things like that and then um i would say one of my biggest ones was uh one piece which is almost like almost like my hero academia but they use um the little fruits devil fruits yeah so that it like they don't they're not born with the powers but when they find these treasures it goes into the whole treasure hunt thing when they find these treasures they gain these powers by eating the fruit and it determines their fighting level and their bounty like their their bounty kind of determines how big they are with it you ready Lee? yeah you need something to drink oh okay let me get some water so what was no he don't so there's an ice machine too right over there. So what would be what would be your top ones as far as like power structures go? Um, <laughs> no, I'm hungry as fuck. So I'm making it up the net system. The what? Net. Nin? Okay, explain it. So it basically y'all can y'all I bet you would because you're light skinned. Both y'all high yellow motherfuckers take it out onto the porch. Okay. Jordan, you stay right there on the porch where I can see you. Alright. So basically something that basically something that everybody can tap into to a certain extent. You know what I mean? So that's almost like the Street Fighter type deal. Um, which is cool. And I like that because it gives everybody like a long shot chance. It's almost like it's almost like uh Yu Yu Hakusho. Where, you know what I'm saying? He just he didn't know he was given the power, but what would you say is the show that embodies that the most? So what show would you say? The way it works is there's six types of ways that you can end up using your net. Okay. And the way that you figure it out is by like walk this thing called it says called water definition. Like, the, the, you perform, like, the, the, you perform the practice of the, uh, exercise where you're letting, you're letting your aura flow out. Basically, everybody has the aura. Everybody, like, has, like, the flow. You learn how to control that aura. 
and being able to learn how you can manipulate it is through water divination. And water divination is, uh, is, how, is like, you know, they put leaves on top of water. If you're in the then the leaf is gonna like, it's gonna start spinning, or if you, if it's air, it's gonna get cut or something like that. It's gonna split. Well, no, like not quite. Like if you're if you're in kind of like, but if you're an enhancer, so it, it it it's six types of people practicing it. It's enhancer, manipulator, transmuter, conjurer, manipulators, and specialists. So. Enhancers, emitters, conjurers, transmitters, specialists, manipulator. Yeah, that's the. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's. What show? What show did you say that was on? Basically, what show was that? Oh, okay. I was about to say that's similar to Naruto when they was figuring out if like if you got like a um, a water. Affinity or air affinity or uh, you know a lightning affinity that sort of thing. To whereas um, if that piece of paper that they use did something different, then they would determine how much or which what you were basically. So Naruto had an affinity for what was it like air and um, it was like air and it wasn't electricity. It was something else that he used. But then, like, somebody like Sasuke could do fire and lightning. You know what I'm saying? Because lightning was a was a, a version of fire. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's kind of like that. Like, they do a test, something like that, to figure out how to use it. But the reason why I think it's the best power system in anime because it's like the most balanced system. Like everybody, can, everybody has the ability to unlock it, and everybody can like learn and use theirs against someone else. The way that your power can like have limitations. Like you guys should look this up on YouTube. You said you said look it up on YouTube. How they explain it and break it down. Yeah, like there's a guy too spooky who has a video but that completely explains how Nen works very, very well. It's like a thirty minute video. Explains it very well. And like if you watch Hunter Hunter, if you watch that video, you'll understand it. You know what tripped me out about Hunter Hunter is that I didn't know it was a show from the eighties, dog. It came out in like ninth no, I don't even think it was eighty, but it was like ninety-eight or something like that. It came out yeah, it came out hella long ago, but the show is identical, save for like a couple of plot twists. You know what I'm saying? And because I was just looking up episodes on YouTube, you know what I'm saying? Because Crunchyroll was acting stupid. And so I figured out, I was watching the episode, I'm like, wait a minute, this animation look old as fuck. It looked like Yu Yu Hakusho and shit. So what's, <laughs> what's going on? And I figured out that this was, the new one was just a remake. Yeah. Give me one second. You gotta give me one second, son. You'll be alright. Go ahead. Live your life. Go in there. I'll turn on some cartoons or something in a second. But yeah. The joys of parenting. I feel like kids' nin is crying. That's their nin. They just crying. They're manipulators. No, I'm saying. 
that's, that's how they get by. And you get to the, uh, and you get to like the second season, like uh, when they start fighting in the heavens of the next tournament, that's when they start. Like, really Is the second season off. of Hunter versus Hunter? Yeah. Is it? I thought the show. I thought the show got discontinued. No, the show. Well, the show did. So like they got that far. Now this, the 1999 version only got to like season three. So they only got to the third arc. They only got the like uh the or the new arc, which is like the third arc. But like the new one, they've gotten to like the sixth arc. Oh, I'm gonna have to go back and check something out because I thought that shit ended, dog. It did end, but like where it ended at, it like. Oh, so it was it was different than the first season. Yeah, it ended longer than that. Okay, I guess I guess also too like my biggest thing was like I got this fascination with samurais. So like I watch Samurai Shampoo. I watch uh, Rurouni Kenshin. I watch um, obviously Bleach was like a play on like Samurai slash. You know, shown in. No, I haven't. It's it's dope. You know which one I was pissed off that they stopped though was uh, Blue Exorcist. I feel like that one was on his way to being fucking one of the dopest in history, and they just stopped it. And I don't know why. I just and it was it was it was heartbreaking. I ain't gonna lie, like it was. It was a good time, like the plot. Who was who was the evil dude? Because I like a good story too, if it makes sense. And there's a good balance of fighting. Like My Hero Academia, I feel like that one has a definite good plot and a good story. You know what I'm saying? And I just recently, have you seen the movie yet? What? My Hero Academia. Yeah, I seen it. That shit, that joint was hard, dog. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, it was cool. It was it was hard. But like I said, I would recommend I'm one. We gonna end it with your two show recommendations, and then we gonna end it with my show two show recommendations, and we gonna see where we go from there. See what our our viewers think about it next week. At least the viewers that watch anime, and I'm gonna go watch the shit because I only I only watch stuff when people suggest it because I don't want to waste my time on a long ass trash anime series. There's too many of them out there. <laughs> Two recommendations. I thought like we should probably do two of these every week because I got a lot of recommendations. Yeah, no, yeah, we can do it every week. We can do a segment. Yeah, so, my, so my first, like, so my first two recommendations is uh, you, Haka Show. It's my first recommendation because you gotta watch that before you watch Hunter Hunter. And Hunter Okay, okay, that makes sense. And why did, why would you recommend those two? I would recommend the Yuhaka show because it has really, really like dashing 90s style like animation and clothing. It has a great power system, it has a great story, it has very interesting characters, and it has like a it has like a plot that isn't really like narrative to any show that we have now. Like it's not it's fresh, you know what I mean? But it's from the 90s, though. So it's the classic shit. And we can't let the classics die, you know? But exactly, then, that nostalgia is real. Exactly, 
No, it was. Like, I binge-watched that shit. I binge-watched it. Rollercoaster ride of emotions. And my guy, um, what's... I forget the main character's name. Uh, who's the little dude? Who's the little dude? Kong. Kong, yeah. He's just a beast. Like, he reminds me of Luffy off of One Piece. Like, I'm just about to fight, dog. I'm, I'm, I'm real innocent, but you're not about to whoop me, though. Like, you ain't about to... <laughs> And, and and if I take an L, yeah, if I take an L, I'm not gonna keep taking them. It's not gonna happen like that. No, those are two. Those are two solid choices, yo. I grew up watching uh, Yu Yu Hakusho since I was little, so I, I definitely vibe with that. And then I just I, I seen um, one of my friends like people kept posting about hundred hundred versus hundred, and so I was like, you know what? Let me just check it out. And that shit turned out to be you know awesome sauce. So I agree with those two recommendations, but I'm gonna go fringe. I'm gonna go outside of my what I would normally recommend because I think these are two shows that are underrated and don't get like enough um, enough play in the in when people talk about anime and how dope these shows was because they in in these two shows mix in a lot of those type of elements. Um, whether you like Shonen, whether you like Nin, whether you like Affinities and Naruto or One Piece with the um, with the Devil Fruits or even Hero My Hero Academia with the Quirks, the first one I'm going to recommend is um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. Now, that shit is like it's like a mind fuck. Don't watch it while you extra high off or something. You're gonna be like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? Like, even sober, I was like, wow. No, it's good animation and it's like it's like. It's literally bizarre. Like it, it just takes you on a whole different level, but it, it still has enough uh, fighting to keep the people who like the fighting shows interested. You know what I'm saying? And they got different uh, powers, almost like Yu Yu Hakusho. It might be some of the same animators from Yu Yu Hakusho that did JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, but it also takes you on like a journey through the timeline. So the uh, protagonist keeps changing. But it's still a dope show. It's basically like the the bloodline keeps going. So it's a, it's a dope show. So and then the second one, and this one ends too, and it'll break your heart like uh, Hunter versus Hunter did, and Blue Exorcist did for me. It'll break your heart that it's over and can't go as long as like One Piece. But the next one is Trigun. I don't know if you, bruh, bruh. It's like Vasta Stampede is a monster, dog. You said what? My bad. It was breaking up a little bit. I support that recommendation. Yes. Trigun is is the truth. It's like one of my all-time favorites. I could I rewatch Trigun all the time. I watch I rewatch Trigun almost as much as I rewatch and I it's not my, one of my recommendations because it's not for everybody but Fist of the North Star. Like Fist of the North Star is something you have to be into like Street Fighter or martial arts to really fuck with that but Trigun is dope. It's it's got those vibes of like Cowboy Bebop but it's also got like them vibes of a One Piece or a Hunter versus Hunter just because the protagonist is like extra laid back and goofy but just cold as fuck. You know what I'm saying? 
So Dude, I would. De- when Fist of the North Star. <laughs> That's my shit. Fist of the North Star is my shit. That's so old school with it. I told you I got like this big heavy nostalgia. So like I like to watch super old shows and just to see like where the animators' mindset was back in the day and and, and how it has changed and what they used to draw people in then is not the same as what they used to draw people in now. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I watch old stuff like Fist of the North Star. Because it's just the nostalgia. The music is is nostalgic. The animation is nostalgic. The like the the um, the I don't know if you call it a screenplay because it's animation. But like how it plays out, the action scenes, all that stuff is like you can just imagine some some nerd in the basement who plays. Yeah, yeah, the the nerd in the basement who plays Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering watches this shit. Like I just it takes me back to the nineties and shit. <laughs> so, and even like late eighties. Like that's what I that's the type of anime I watch. So that's that'll do it for this week's episode of the Sensei and Sanji. So I feel like we touched a lot of good points and a lot of good bases. Um we will eventually be at a regular location, so we're going to go nuts with all the effects on the show. Uh, we're currently going to be working with uh, my guy, Easy um, to make up some shirts so you guys can have some merchandise um, to support the show and rep for us in whatever city that you're in, wherever you're listening from. And... Um, we're going to be doing contests and giveaways coming soon. It's going to be real fun. And uh, we also got a page that we're creating. We're just waiting on the logo to be uh, finalized right now. We're going to have a page that you guys can go and follow. And we're going to go out and do, you know, silly ass videos and stuff like that. Or, you know, I know I like to eat and I know your ass like to eat. So we probably going to give some old foodie recommendations, too. And um, it's something that we can be able to do and travel and have fun with that and really engage our audiences in different cities and stuff. Everybody's getting paid to eat on camera. Exactly. I mean, literally just eating and smacking like a big ass shrimp boil thing. They're just eating and smacking like. (laughs) It's a real thing. Just like people pay to watch kids, people getting paid for kids playing with toys and stuff. Like, I don't. It is what it is. But, you know, we do like the dialogue. Our main thing is that we agree to disagree. We don't we're not always going to agree on every topic, but we are able to discuss it. And our main goal is to bring that type of healthy dialogue to the community, Um, not only just the black community, but to every community. And at the same time, you know, nerd the hell out and be able to talk about some anime and, and food and shit like that, too. So it's been fun. It's been real. We hope y'all continue to listen. Tune in on Sundays to the Sensei and Sanji show, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. And we'll see y'all next time. I holla. Say peace to the people. Oh, uh, bad. <laughs> All right.